Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.
Christ who lives within me. From beginning to the end, you deserve the glory. You deserve the glory.
is Jesus. Do you believe it? And he who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between when the things unseen and this reckoning. I know I will never be today I'm so comfortable and I'm so cozy you remember that but you didn't surrender to that you came today and because of the 19 going around we can't shake hands or bump do any of that stuff so just look at your neighbor and just say man I am so glad that I came to church today just turn to your neighbor if you're online write that in the comments I am so glad that I showed up online today how amazing is that interesting isn't it well guys go ahead take a seat take a seat Take a load off of your feet and just be welcome. I want you to know that if you are new here with us today, that you give us those goose, those bumps. We get shook and we get the chills. We're so excited that you're here. And if you can imagine that that's how we feel about you, imagine how good that you'll feel when you text RL New to 97000. Nothing crazy is going to happen. We're just going to say howdy. You're going to say hi back. If you're online, there's a link in the comments and you click on that. Just fill out a digital communications card so we know who you are. We just want to say hi. Um, and really, that's all that's about. Nothing, nothing too crazy. We want you to know uh, also that if you're new here, I don't want to forget this. This is my favorite part, is that we view you as a gift. So if you go to the new here booth, you're going to get a gift from us just to say that, hey, we, we love you. Welcome. We have a generous heart and we want to be here for you. We're a church on mission. We want to help people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And because we view you as a gift, it's something that we want to do for you. Also, what we want to do, this is special and it's new. We've been talking about it at Pastor Sean and Diane's house today between 1 and 3, or Sean keeps talking, 3.34, we're not sure. It's at his house though. We're going to run you through all of the next steps in our crash course. Discover who you are, who you were made to be, who we are as a church, where we're going, those sorts of things. And I want to tell you a secret. You can't tell anyone, but I heard this. I learned this because I'm on the inside. 
Pastor Sean is so excited about you coming to his house. He literally tried to convince Diane to put in a sprinkler system so that he would have greener grass for you to show up. That's a true story. He told me that the other day. That's how much we love you and that's how much we care about you. Isn't that exciting? Nobody cares about that. He's trying to roll out the green cart. All right, I'll stop. Yeesh, I thought that was going to go over better. Man, terrible. Anyway. Well, guys, welcome. We have a special message for you, and I want you to understand that just as you felt, maybe, or maybe it was just me at this point, I don't know, but maybe as you felt in your bed this morning that you didn't really want to get up, you didn't really want to do anything, but ultimately you surrendered and you gave in and you come and you worship, and it's like, man, this is where I needed to be. That was the right move. Pastor Sean has a message today that I think is going to resonate with you, and honestly, I think it's something that I need to hear. I don't know what he's doing. Sean, welcome. That's right, Brian. So speaking of uh, growing grass, <laughs> I got a little bag of seed up here for you. Uh, but man, I'm excited you guys are here before I jump into the message. And I would say thank you guys, seriously, by my heart, coming out, being in person in this season is absolutely crazy. So I want to thank you for joining online, being in person. Uh, this is what's crazy about it. Last week, uh, we had an attendance that was higher than we had when we were pre-COVID here in person. Can you believe that or not? Come on, give God a hand. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I don't know if you know the stats on how churches are going right now in person. It's like 35 to 50% in person pre-COVID. And so I don't know what is going on, but God is just all over it. And so I want to thank you guys for being here, being a part of this. If you're online, thank you for watching. Uh, but seriously, I believe God has something special for us today. And uh, I want to encourage you to come out to that crash course at my house. It, there is actually no grass at my house. So you'll be disappointed if you show up. But that's why I've got this bag of seed. Um, but I want to encourage you to come out there from one to three. Uh, if you're just brand new, we just love to connect with you. Uh, if you've been coming for a while and you're like, man, I want to jump in and serve and make a difference, uh, we'd love for you to come out. Uh, seriously, there's, there's no strings attached, but we'd love to connect with you. I know so many people uh, we just barely get to touch base with, and this would be a great time to hang out. And be in the backyard, we got some snacks, some fun, uh, bring the kids, whatever, but um, it's going to be a good time. So just sign up online, um, reallifechurchkc.com. Hey, something cool is coming up in a couple weeks. Can you believe this or not? We are turning three years old. Come on, somebody. Three years old. I can't believe it. It is absolutely insane how much uh, time has flown. And so I'm excited to celebrate. And I believe one of the best ways we can celebrate I mean, is by baptisms. Uh, if you said yes to Jesus, maybe in this COVID season, uh, maybe you're watching online and you said yes to Jesus, I uh, mean, I'll encourage you, man, come out on the 20th. We're going to baptize at both gatherings. And, and this baptism really is just a picture of your faith. You're saying, I'm just all in for Jesus. Man, I'm going public. And I was dead in sin, but I'm made alive to Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to get signed up. There's a, a card in the here booth, or you can uh, text us uh, online. Uh, there's a link. But I want to encourage you to be a part of this. Uh, this is why we do it. There's nothing greater that we can do to say, man, I'm going to go public with Jesus. Like, I've made the decision to follow him, and I'm alive to him today. Well, you might wonder what this is. This is a bag. This is 50 pounds, so it's, uh, it's, it's getting heavy. Um, I told the guys, I said, I might just preach the whole message of this, but uh, we'll see. They said my message was going to be short. So I was like, either I'm really weak or my message is really long or both. I'm not really sure. Um, but I'm just telling you today, God has something special for us today. And I believe there's an act that we can do that is the greatest hero-making making habit. And if you haven't been a part of us last three or four weeks, uh, we're in a series called Hero Maker. And it's all about bringing the best out in others because that's what heroes do, don't they? Some of your life brought, brought the best out in you. They gave you a word of encouragement. They lifted you up. Uh, they, they maybe set your feet up on a rock, maybe put you up on their shoulders and carried you through a season. And today I want to talk about one of the greatest hero-making acts you can have. And we're going to look at the life of Jesus. i got to do this page flip. Got a verse for you. We're going to look at the greatest hero maker, Jesus, in John 12, 23. It says this. Jesus replied, now time has come for the Son of Man to enter in his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is what? Is planted. Come on, say planted. Planted. You guys got it. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted, it says, I tell you the truth, unless it's planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. Man, you guys all know how this works, right? I just want you to know, um, it is that time to plant grass seed, by the way, if you didn't know that. Uh, I don't know, Toby Tobin says, come on, somebody, if you're a little older generation, you know what I'm talking about. Toby Tobin says, it's time to get out your grass seed and go ahead and plant. You got to overseed the grass. And uh, if you don't do this, you're not going to have any grass next year, okay? I'm just going to tell you that. I came here to tell you today that, the, that your grass is going to germinate in three to five days. That's why the whole message is about. So we're done. We go ahead and pray. Uh, but Jesus says, if you don't plant, it won't grow. If you don't plant the grass seed, it won't grow. He says this, but, if, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So I didn't open the big bag, but I've got a small bag of grass seed. Clarify for you real life people up down there. Wonder what's in this bag. 
hope dealer. Come on, baby. This is my hope dealer. I got to get one. I can't hardly hold a seed. It says, unless a seed, you, can, uh, you can't see the seed. You probably think I don't have anything. Unless this seed is planted, it will remain alone. But if you plant it, it will produce a harvest of new lives. I'm just here, here to tell you today, man, never underestimate the significance of one planted seed. Never underestimate the difference it can make by planting just one little baby seed in the soil. Never under, underestimate. I'm telling you, we live in a culture that underestimates potential, doesn't it? We live in a culture, man, that it values so much of the present, but it always misses the potential. Man, how many people, man, live paycheck to paycheck? You know what I'm talking about, right? I've been there. All right? or, or we don't save money, we, we spend every dollar, right? Uh, or we don't see the potential in somebody and we cut them off so fast. Maybe you got your children and it's like, man, it's not working out, right? They're teenagers, come on, somebody. And it's like, yeah, I'm done with you until you turn 30, right? To have your own kids, you're not gonna appreciate what's going on here. For some of us, we cut off our jobs, a couple people around us. It's so easy. We live in this, in this world where like, we wanna have the highlight reel for Jesus, don't we? Like, we wanna have the awesome reel on Facebook or Instagram and just have the highlight moment without planting the seeds. I'm telling you, it's so easy for us to undermine or to lose the potential in people. I'm gonna encourage you this morning to invest in other people. Man, be a person of encouragement. It's so easy to cut somebody down. I don't know about you. You've had, maybe had a story in your life where there's some words spoken over you, and you remember those words. They were life-taking words. And I believe God has called us today to be a life-giving people, to plant a seed. I'm going to throw this because you can't even hardly see that. But to plant some seeds in people's lives. I'm going to tell you, here's the question I want you to focus on today. When you think of other people, do we look at them for who they are or who they will become? Do we look at people for who they are or who they are Becoming. It's so easy for us to look out and say, hey, they're not there yet. Man, I don't have time for that. Or we're looking at where they're going to be a year from now. Amen. Now, believe God has called us to see the potential in other people. If we could just see the seed the way God sees the seed. Like if we just see the potential in people's lives. If we would just slow down and say, you know what, I believe God can use your life. I can see you maybe not today, but tomorrow God changing the world through you. Like we believe that about our children, don't we? We pray every night with our kids and we pray they'll be world changers. I know that's just such a, a cliche and everybody just says that, but I'm like deep passionate to say, you know, I want you to change the world and leave it better than you found it. I want my kids to be planting seeds. I want to see the potential come out of their lives today. Now I'll tell you, we can uh, just look at how the seed works. If I plant a seed, this is not going to be a illustration of the fescue because it really doesn't, uh, you don't really see it germinate a whole lot. But if I would say this is an apple seed, and I plant this seed. This is going to grow a tree, hopefully, okay, uh, if I'm really good at growing things, which I'm not. I like to kill a lot of things, okay? That's why I got a lot of grass seed, okay? Uh, but if I plant a seed, it's going to grow an apple tree. And this apple tree will produce about 500 apples a year for 20 years. So that's 10,000 apples from one seed. Those 10,000 apples have about eight seeds apiece on average. So by planting one seed, this tree will produce almost 80,000 seeds from one seed. You guys picking up on putting down? 80, I'm doing a lot of math here, all right, 80,000 seeds. That's just this one tree. Let's say you go one generation deep. You have some children. You guys have some children. All right, let's just say this tree only has five children, okay? These tree, this means this one seed will produce 400,000 other seeds just one generation deep with five kids. See, oftentimes we're thinking linearly. Like we're thinking addition in life. We're trying to add things, but God is thinking exponentially. God's thinking multiplication, and for us here at Real Life, one of the greatest things we can do is just get behind you and say, God's got this, encourage you, and put you on our shoulders and say, let's go where God is calling us to go. We're going to invest in other people. Oftentimes in this world, we think possession, don't we? Like we think, if I can just possess this in my life, like if I could get my bank account big enough, man, look what I got going. It's so awesome. But oftentimes we forget that God has called us to, to potential, to plant the seed. Oftentimes we're thinking consuming, and God says, you know what, we got to cultivate a harvest, amen? God's calling us to plant some seed. I don't know about you, who's got the nicest lawn in here? I can tell you who it is right now. It's Bruce Cornell, by the way. Now he says, no, it is. It is. I drove by, that guy was just driving slow, just uh, lines everywhere, beautiful grass. He cleaned up these trees. He didn't know I'm even going here today. But I'm telling you, this is what it's all about, right? we got to plant the seed. God has called us to leave a harvest for the future generations in front of us. Oftentimes in life, we see a moment and God sees a movement. Oftentimes we just see our own lives, but God sees generations or generations and generations that are changed because you invested your life today. You know, when Jesus saw us, he saw something different. Oftentimes we can think God sees us stuck in our sin, but God sees our salvation. Matter of fact, check out this verse again. We're gonna read it over again and think of it a little differently. Jesus replied this. He says, now the time has come for the Son of Man. He's talking about himself. He's the Son of Man to enter into his glory. What he's saying is, it's time for me to die. 
Like I'm predicting my death and it's time for me to go home. And I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Man, who is thankful that Jesus didn't see where we are, but saw who we're become in salvation, amen? Who's thankful that Jesus didn't leave us in our sin? Who's thankful that Jesus died for us on the cross and say, you know what, I know that you're accused. I know you feel guilty. I know you feel like you can't make it. I know that sin is condemning you, but I see the potential in your life. And he died on the cross for you. And he set you free. You know, the Bible says that you're justified. It's a big word that means you're declared righteous. If you were standing before a judge and your sin, you'd be condemned to death. The judge would stand with a gavel and say, you are set free because somebody else paid your death, your, 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 um, your death penalty. Somebody else took your death for you. His name was Jesus. Amen. I'm just telling you today, God sees the potential in our lives. So we can't quit on people around us. Amen. I'm telling you, my preaching is better than your guys' response right now. I'm just telling you. I'm carrying a 50-pound bag of seed around. I'm about to lose my wind. We're going to get some workout up here today, so I'm going to keep doing this. But we're called to plant some seed. Plant some seed. I think about Jesus. I mean, he was nailed to that cross. I mean, you think of those Roman soldiers. They lifted him up and hoisted him on that cross, and he was planted in the ground for you and me. That cross stood up vertically on that cross. He spilled every drop of blood for us. And he gave us new life in Jesus to produce a harvest that would change us. Look what it says in John 12. It says, and I, Jesus, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. But I believe Jesus was hoisted up on that cross so the whole world could see. Amen. He was hoisted up above the ground saying, I'm here for the world. And on that cross, he's drawing every person to himself. He already paid your debt. I'm telling you this morning, if you came here and you felt like you didn't have it inside of you, you felt unqualified, you didn't feel good enough for God to use your life, man, that's good news because Jesus qualified you on the cross, amen? Jesus died for your sin. He set you free, shed every ounce of blood and forgave you past, present, and future. I know some of you guys walked in here and thought the roof was gonna catch on fire. You've been watching online. You said, I'm gonna show up and it's gonna be awkward and weird and I don't know if they're gonna accept me. I don't know if I'm good enough for God. I'm telling you, God qualified you at the cross. Amen. He changed all generations. Look what it says in Romans 5, 19. It says, for by one man's disobedience, this is Adam, and he sinned in the garden. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, but by one man's obedience, this is Jesus, it says the many were made righteous. Man, we were dead in sin, but made alive to Jesus. Can I tell you today, never underestimate the power of planting just one seed. Jesus planted his life for us, amen? Jesus laid down his life, planted one seed in his death and brought new life to all of us today, generation after generation after generation. I believe in Jesus on that cross. He thought of you and me individually. He knew exactly that you were gonna be here. He knew exactly what you're going through and he died for you. So I believe this, one of the greatest seeds you can plant just like Jesus is your own life. See, Jesus laid down his life for us and I believe God's called us to lay our life down for others. I'll say it this way, the end of yourself is the beginning of others. So it says in the Bible, the very next verse in John 12, 25, it says, those who love their life, this is it. Those who love their life, it says, hold on to it. If you love your life, just collect everything for yourself. If you love your life, make a choice as a teenager to spend it for you. Just don't invest it. If you love it, just hold on to everything you can keep. But it says this, those who care nothing for their life, those who plant their life, those who plant seeds in this world will keep it for eternity. I'm telling you what, this is the, the center of the gospel. When we meet Jesus, all of a sudden our rights disappear, don't they? We don't have a right for anything. We had, we had a right, God, we, were gonna, we were destined to go to hell and Jesus changed our life. We have no rights anymore as Christians. All of a sudden we're going to say, you know what, God, I want you to use my life. Like, I'm, a, I'm a, not going to throw that, we might break the stage. <laughs> Whoa, things about to go over. I'm just telling you, every force in hell wants to stop you from giving up your life. Every force in hell wants you to hold on so tightly to your money, to your time, to your talent, to your treasure, to your tomorrows. Every force in hell wants to stop you. You know the devil has a plan for your life? See, the devil sees something you don't even see in yourself. The devil sees your potential. The devil knows what you have in front of you. The devil knows the friends that you're roll with and they need Jesus. The devil knows that your business practices or maybe the partners or maybe the philosophy needs to change and you could be the change. See, the devil knows that all of a sudden your kids could be world changers. I mean, I thank God for the person who led Billy Graham to Christ, just a Sunday school teacher. Isn't that crazy that you planted one little seed and the world is different? I'm telling you, Satan knows your potential. Satan knows that if you're planted, all of a sudden, everything changes. I'm just telling you that Satan wants to keep you to be a consumer. 
Satan wants to keep you just to be a taker, to step on people, man, to find your worth in other things beside, besides Jesus. I'm telling you as a dad, he knows the power you have is just showing up as a father, amen? He knows the power you have of tucking your kids at night. He knows the power you have as love in your family. He knows when you show up as the man of God in your house, the power there is. You know, when a father comes to Christ, usually the whole family comes to Christ. Isn't that crazy? Like, as you're a, you're a dad, you have so much influence in your life. He knows if you as men, if you just break the addiction, come on, somebody. If you just break the addiction, that cycle in your life to stop you from following Jesus. I mean, if you just break through the depression, I mean, as a son or a daughter, that he knows the potential you have in your life. We can get past our past. You know, oftentimes we think you're a mistake. You know, maybe your parent wasn't there for you. Maybe your dad wasn't there for you. I talk to people all the time. And they're struggling. If we could just be reminded that God brought your mom and dad together because he wanted you, that you're a gift of God to this world. I mean, as a church, if we just came together and be unified, amen, we could be unified on the mission of Jesus. You know, oftentimes we're putting things above the mission of Jesus, not just in the church, but in our own lives. And God is calling us to a moment of surrender, that God knows your potential. Look what it says in John 15, 16. It says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Isn't that incredible? I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce a lasting fruit. Man, believe this or not, Jesus appointed you to your potential already. Jesus already pointed you to the fruit he has for you. There is somebody in this world that needs you to follow Jesus. There's somebody that God has already designed. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's another country, amen? Maybe it's a people group. Maybe it's a type of thing. Maybe God's calling you to be that online missionary, amen? Like you're going to go to social media and you're going to be the kind of person that pulls people towards Jesus and doesn't push them away. Like God has a person and a place and a people and the fruit of your life already appointed in this time. And Satan knows that. So I want to encourage this morning to plant a seed, to plant yourself. And I could talk about all sorts of stuff you could plant in your life. I could talk about your time. I could talk about your treasure. But today I want to talk about your tomorrows. Like I want to talk about what it is to surrender your life to Jesus. I want to talk about what it is to say, God, you can have my life. I don't know where I'm going to go, but God, you can have it. I'm going to surrender this to you. And here's why. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should surrender your life to Jesus. Number one, the blessing of tomorrows are planted today. The blessings of tomorrows are planted today. What do you guys think about when you think about the future? Like, what do you see in your life? You know, for some of us, we see like a big bank account, which I hope you get. I really do. That we, we, we see have an influence, maybe see being popular. But for most of us, we see real simple stuff like our kids coming home. Like we, we see a full table on, on the holiday. We see, we see our phone with a number that we, hasn't been called a long time. We, we see reconciliation. You know, we see grandkids, don't we? And grandkids, you guys get away. They get with so much stuff, don't they? Like they, they just kind of abuse their, grand, their grandparents as grandkids. Like my son, he's, he's uh, just about to turn four. And he's at the age now where like every, everything is, is like a toilet. So like he'll go outside and just like pee right off the deck. You know what I'm talking about? Like just, just he just rolls with it, you know? So if you come, if you come to that crash course later, I'm just saying, it'll be one you'll never forget. I'm just saying, it's going to be awesome. Just right on the deck. All right, but he, he, just, he just does that. And he plays this game, and I don't know who taught him this game. Just saying. Um, but his new thing right now is to run up to you and then punch you right in your balls. That's what he does. I'm just saying. And he'll say, got you in the balls. That's <laughs> like, what has your mom been showing you, man? <laughs> like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And he's like 10 years old. I'm just kidding. He's three. Um, but th that's what the joy of being a grandparent, right? Um, but seriously, we want our kids to come home. Like, we want our family to be together. We want to have great friendships. That's what we see in the future. I'm just encouraging you today. We plant those seeds in this moment, not tomorrow. You know, oftentimes we're looking for a harvest we never planted. And oftentimes we'll look for something that we never planted seeds for. You know, you might look at your lawn and you're like, man, it's, it's weeds. <laughs> I know it's weeds. You know, you probably didn't go out there and go, man, I'm surprised it's not green. You know, oftentimes we're looking for that. Like, I just know why it's not working. You know, nobody ever found an accidental harvest. There's no such thing as an accidental harvest. You're never going to have that in your life. Like, you're never going to wake up one morning and walk outside, and you're going to see your lawn or see, see a harvest in front of you and go, hmm, I wonder how that got here. The only person that says that is the person who never planted a seed, amen? Like, I never walked outside and wondered how something happened. I saw the hard work behind it. I'm encouraging you today. If you want your tomorrows to change, you got to change some, some things today. you got to plant a seed in your life. That's what it says in Galatians 6, 7. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You'll always harvest what you plant. You'll always harvest what you plant. If you read this in the KJV, man, you reap what you, you reap what you sow. You grow what you plant. And we sometimes we'll look for something we never planted in our lives. I'm telling you, if you want to change your future, plant some seeds today. Young person, man, I got some easy advice here. Just turn in your homework. I didn't even say you had to do it. 
Just turn it in. Just, do, just take that step today. You can't get to the end of the semester and be like, I don't know how I got an F. How did you get an F? It's like one step of the way. I mean, I think of uh, Ashton Germain. I saw this post last week, and uh, he was out shooting basketballs, and his mama posted, like, hey, he shot 700 shots a day. He usually shoots 500 shots every, every day of the week. He shoots 500 shots. That's a seed being planted, isn't it? Like, he wants to be a great basketball player. You know where it starts? Before and after practice, shooting 500 shots on your own time. Man, the words of encouragement. I'm going to tell you something. If we want to change the city, we've got to plant some seeds. Amen? Like we're trying to change our city, so we're planting some seeds. We plant the seed of putting a pantry in our city. Like yesterday, we, cha- we, we planted the seed of helping out a GD classroom. Like we're going to plant some seeds. We don't know where they're going to go, but we're going to just get that thing in the ground. Like we're going to make a difference in this season. Man, in your marriage, can I just tell you something? It's so easy to take the, just a slow fade. And one day you wake up and you go, man, how did we get here? Like how in the world? Like I don't even know you anymore. Like what happened to us? Like, we used to be like this. You know what it was? It's just one little thing every day. Like, those little seeds got to get planted, right? If you want to change your marriage, start planting some seeds of intimacy, amen? I mean, start writing that note of encouragement. You can just go on your phone right now and text you and say, I love you, baby. And she'll be like, what has happened to you? I'm telling you, it's a mowing that grass thing. Like, those black socks, man. Kylie told me last week she listened to the message, and Drew was doing some work in the lawn, all right? And uh, she just thinks up here, but Drew's, so she's doing some work in the lawn, and Drew's out there doing some work in the mulch and stuff. And I don't, I don't know what it was, but I'm not, I'm not going to, I probably, I probably got to filter even what you said. Um, <laughs> but something along the way, like, man, I love what you're doing there, Drew. You're looking good putting down that mulch in the grass. You're doing a good job. You know, you're just giving some hollies and blushing over here now. I'm just telling you, man, you got to plant some seeds. Some of you guys are dying. You know, you know what I love about our church? I, I just love that you can look back, you know, especially when you guys serve, and you can see the seeds getting planted. You know, for some of us, you guys, you're dreaming for what God can do here. And you guys are planting those seeds today. I want to thank God for every person who's planted a seed in our church. Amen? Every person who say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to church. When we started this church, it was a dream in our heart. We had nothing. We had a little team of probably six or seven of us. We had no money. We had, we had no facility. We had no team, no equipment, nothing. And people began to plant seeds in our church. Amen? And today, this church is around, and you guys are planted seeds. I want encourage you, if you haven't given, just to give. I don't care what amount, just a dollar. I mean, just cheerfully give. Say, God, just use this, because that's a seed being planted. It's not just money we're talking about. I'm talking about people giving their lives to the mission of the church. Like, people that show up and say, hey, I'm signed in blood, amen? Like, I'm going I'm to make a difference in this church. I'm going to be faithfully reaching our community. I know God is all over this, and I believe in it. I'm just thankful for the seeds that have been planted. But for some of us, we show up now, and we go, man, this is just, I love this church. How, how do we get here? It's like, man, if you planted the seed, you never asked that question, do you? You never asked the question how we got here when you're the one doing the work. And I want to encourage you, man, not just to show up, but be a part of what God is doing. Be a part of this. I'm telling you, more than ever, our church is growing. There's people coming every single week who need Jesus that are far from God. We could use your help on the team. We get to plant a seed, just invest our life, not just setting up, but praying, caring for people. Everybody has a role on the team and makes a difference together. Man, that's what I love about our church, that we're not a church of consumption, amen? You know the, the, you know the hardest thing about church? It gets about 300. Church gets about a certain size, and then every problem has a solution, and it gets comfortable. And the hardest thing about growing a church past 300 is that we have to die to ourselves, We have to remember why we do this because all of a sudden we're a certain size. We're like, that gets taken care of and that gets taken care of and the care is there and this. Every every problem has a solution. And we got to push forward and say, you know what? We're on a mission that God's called us to, to plant some seeds to reach our community. Amen? I guess you're an amen on this one. Amen? We're on a mission together to reach our city for Jesus. I'm telling you, it's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. You may say, I don't have a lot of seeds. I'm going to tell you something. When I was 18 years old, I started giving to Jesus. I didn't have a lot of money to give to Jesus. But I started giving to Jesus and said, God, just use my life. I don't have a lot, but you can take it. Remember, there's numerous times in my life where I gave my last dollar to Jesus. And God multiplied it and God used it. I'm telling you, just being faithful with what you have in your hand. I'm telling you, the second thing is this. You can't, grow, you can't grow what you don't plant. Man, don't let your past stop you from planting this seed. So often we look back on our past and it, it, the Satan just keeps us in chains. Like we feel ashamed. We may feel unqualified that God can't use our life. You say, God, I'm not good enough. How could he use a person like me? And it says in Galatians 2.20, I love this verse. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. This is what Paul is saying. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It says, a life I now live in the body, but I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, the devil likes to think that you're not good enough. And when the devil says that to my life, because I'm telling you something, in this COVID season, you get to really kind of figure out what you're made of, don't you? 
You had to really figure out, like, if I, if I stop meeting in person for five months, are people really going to come back? Like, yeah, that question crosses your mind. Like, if I have to change my business or change what we do or change the system, you all of a sudden you're wondering, like, is this going to work out, God? And I'm telling you something, that voice is just from Satan himself. He makes you think that it's just not going to work. It's not going to be good enough. And it's the opposite of faith. And can I tell you something today, that when God calls you out and you think, well, I'm not good enough, I can't be used by God, can I just tell you something, it's I that no longer lives, but Christ that lives in me. Like, it's not about me, Amen. I'm telling you, Christ in you is stronger than the wrong desires in you, amen? Some of you guys walked in here, and you've gone to that same addiction 10,000 times. And you think, well, what's the difference today? The difference today is that you're not walking out of here with you. You're walking out of here with Jesus, amen? You're going to walk out of here changed. And God wants to use your life. Oftentimes, I look at myself, and I think, I'm not good enough. And I'm going to say, you know what? You're not, Sean. It's not you. It's Jesus in you, Christ in you. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be good. You know what? It's not about you. It's all about him. And I want to encourage you. I mean, if you're struggling, you don't feel like God can use your life in an area, you don't feel like you can have that conversation, remember, Christ is working through you. You've been crucified. You're dead, amen? What a great message to preach. <laughs> You're dead, but you're made alive in Jesus. Man, I love what Billy Graham prayed as a young man. He said this to God. He said, I will go wherever you ask me to go. I will do whatever you call me to do, and I'll be whoever you call me to be. That's it. That's what a surrender looks like. That's what it looks like to plant your life in God. If you want to say, you know what, I want God to use my life, you just got to pray that prayer. This is God, just take my life. I'll go anywhere in the world for you. I'll do anything and I'll be who you call me to be. You have no idea what that looks like. I promise that you don't. But when you pray that prayer, God begins to work in your life. It's a willing spirit. Can I tell you this? And the last thing I'll tell you, it's your greatest problem to unlock your greatest potential. It's your greatest problem to unlock your greatest potential. I'm just telling you, the Pharisees didn't know when they, when they killed Jesus that he was a seed being planted. They had no idea that he was about to unlock forgiveness and salvation and freedom for the entire world. They thought they were getting rid of a problem, but they planted a seed, amen? They planted Jesus in the ground and he set us free. I'm telling you, sometimes you've been walked on. Sometimes somebody took advantage of you. And if I ever get time to share the story, I'm able to tell you, you come to this crash course, I'll tell you the story of how we kind of came out of being buried. You know, sometimes the enemy wants to bury your life, don't they? But the enemy doesn't know that you're a seed being planted. For some of you, you got buried under the weight of some abuse, you got under the weight of some words. Maybe you didn't make the cut. Maybe, maybe you're told you're not good enough for the team. Maybe you were disappointed or let down. I'm telling you something, Satan thinks he's winning, but Jesus has a plan, amen? You're a seed being planted. I think about David in the Old Testament. He was anointed to be king 14 years before he became king. And this little dude named Saul, who was actually a big dude, chased him around for 14 years trying to kill him before he became king. Think about Jesus and the Pharisees. I think about Paul. Paul, Paul walked with a limp, he had a thorn in his flesh. Everywhere he went, he said some kind of physical disability. There's always something that wants to handicap us or stop us from following the will of God. But I'm telling you something, every great Christian walks with a limp. Every great Christian gets out and says, you know what, I don't have it all together. Now I've been wounded in the race, but you know what, Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desire in me. I'm surrendered to him, God's using it. If, if God can use me, he can use you. And we're going out there, we're gonna start planting some seed. We're gonna start sowing some seed. I wanna encourage you today that your life is just a life full of seed. And we can take it. Get my workout today. If you guys wanna stay late tonight, I'm gonna plant the seed, you can come out and help. But God wants you to take your life and he wants you to, to sow your life. Like pour it in your kids. Pour it into your family. Pour your life into church. Not us, the church. Where you connect the lost people to their God. Were you gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna take this seed to my street. Like, I'm gonna start planting some seeds. Bruce, you're gonna start planting some seeds. The neighbor's grass is gonna be the best looking grass in the neighborhood. <laughs> you start planting some seeds. You got some friends that need Jesus, just start planting some seeds. You know what it's gonna take? It's gonna take less of you and more of God. You can't just carry this. That's what I thought about carrying, a whole message. Some of you guys, God's calling you to pick up your life and say, it's time to go. Like, I'm gonna go across the world. Like, I'm gonna go to Belden, Missouri and plant a church. Who does that? Just a willing person, maybe foolish. <laughs> I'm telling you, God uses it. You look like an idiot, you start carrying us around. <laughs> Aren't you? I look like a fool right now. <laughs> but God's saying, you know what? You're gonna plant some seeds where you go. Because there's some lives that need to be planted. You know what, you know what's a life-giving church is this. It's a church that plants a church, that plants a church, that plants a church, that plants a church. That's life-giving church. 
So anybody can exist. Any church can be one generation deep. Any church, any person can be about themselves. But to be a church that's planted like this apple seed that plants a church, and you have a kid and then you have a grandkid and a great grandkid and a great grandkid, it's called an exponential church. Those churches don't exist. There's actually less than one hundredth of one percent of churches are an exponential church. And I believe God has called us to be an exponential church, a church that plants other churches, that plants churches, that plants churches, that plants churches. And what that means for us is that we're all about growing people. We're all about developing you. And when you step on our dream team, it's less about what you do and more about who you are. And our team has made the commitment to say, I'm developing you into who you're called to be and release you to plant seed around the world. If you just say yes to the call of God in your life, I believe God is gonna use it. And we're looking to plant other churches. I know we're three years old, that's great. But we're looking to multiply, not just our name, the name of Jesus, amen? The name above all names to reach people far from God. There'll come a day where every church has an ending. It's true, every church has an ending. But we plant other seeds, don't we? 400,000 seeds from one apple seed. How much can we change the world if we think a little differently about our lives? We can plant some seeds. For you, it's the same for your kids. You can change your family. You know, my prayer when I became a Christian is that I would be a great, great grandparent. Every one of my great grandkids would be Christians. That was my prayer. I got tired of showing up to family functions and not seeing anybody do anything for Jesus. I got tired of going to funerals and, and just knowing that it wasn't going to be what God called to be. I'm just telling you, I want to change my legacy. I believe God's called us to change the world. Father, come before you. I always pray to God, we just be hero makers. God, we see our life as just a life full of potential. And not just our lives, God, we see the lives around us full of potential. And so God, just call us out. God, this moment of surrender, God, we're gonna give our lives to you. I wanna talk to somebody this morning as we pray. Man, somebody today said, I wanna plant some seeds. Like I look back at my habits this last year, this last six months, it's been about me. But today, it's gonna be about planting seeds for God. I wanna surrender my life to him. I'm gonna go where he's called me to go. I'm gonna do what he's called me to do. I'm gonna be who he's called me to be. If that's you this morning, you say, I wanna be that person. I'll surrender my life. If that's you, we just raise your hand and nobody looking around. You say, I wanna surrender my life to Jesus today. I'm gonna be a person that plants seeds. I see your hands. I want you to pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you. Father God, thanks so much. God, that we be kind of people, God, that would surrender our lives to you. God, just use us. If you're gonna use anybody, just use our life. God, if we just change one person, God, if we, we just impact our children, God, for generations upon generations upon generations, God, I can't change what's happened to me, but I can change what happens through me. And so God, I pray that you just take my life, God. I'm surrendered to you, God. I'm gonna die myself and made alive to you. I wanna pray for one more person this morning. Somebody came in today and said, you know what, I need Jesus. Like I recognize today that Jesus died on that cross. He planted himself for me. And maybe today you need to say yes to Jesus. See, Jesus on that cross, the Bible says he became sin for you. He, he took every one of your wrongs and he, he declared you righteous. He paid for your sin. He made you new. He forgave you. And today, if you call the name of Jesus, the Bible says whoever calls the name of Jesus is saved and forgiven and made new. When you call on him and you say yes to him, he will give you new life. He'll give forgiveness. He'll walk beside you. He'll be with you. And he'll make you into a world changer. And so maybe the day you need to say yes to Jesus, you say yes to forgiveness. If that's you, man, we just put your hand near without me looking around. I'll pray for you, lead you through a prayer and say, I need Jesus. I mean, if that's you today, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. May I die on a cross for me. God, make me new. God, thank you so much for new life. God, you can have my life. I surrender to you and I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, give it for those who came to Christ today. Come on. Give it for those online. You can click the button. Are you guys ready to plant some seed? Anybody want 50 pounds of fescue? No? All right, too bad. <laughs> that's a true fin right there. He's really got 100 pounds there. He's just, he's just bragging, right? Hey, I want to I wanna let you guys know, if you prayed that prayer today, we are so excited for you. This, is the, this isn't the beginning of something, or it's not the end of something. It's the beginning of God doing something great in your life. It's going to change every one of your tomorrows. And so we want to be a part of that. We want to walk with you in, in that journey. And so if you prayed that prayer today, we've got two great steps for you. And the first one is this, is that you can text RL next to 97000. And we'll get, we'll get you connected with a team member that will just give you some encouragement, get you hooked up with some resources. The other thing that you can do is if you're in person with us, on the way out of uh, the worship center right after the gathering, there's a red bag back there. Grab that. There's a Bible. There's some more resources in there. And again, it'll be an encouragement for you. And we want to help you again in any way that we can. And we're so excited that you uh, chose to follow uh, Jesus today. 
We've got a next step for everybody else today, and Pastor Sean already mentioned it. If you know anybody or if you're in this position that you've uh, dedicated your life to God this year, you've just made that decision to follow him, we would love for you to take your very next step, which is baptism. So if you're in that position or you know anybody else, we want you to RSVP to uh, Real Life Church, uh, reallifechurchkc.com, and we'll have somebody hook up with you, and they'll answer all your questions, and they'll provide you all the information you need to do that. It's going to be a great way to celebrate our third birthday, so we can't wait to see you guys get signed up, and it's going to be a great time on uh, September the 20th. So I want to give you guys some encouragement today. I want you guys to know that your generosity continually makes a difference in people's lives. And as always, you have three ways that you can continue to be generous. The first one is you can go online to reallifechurchkc.com and click the giving tab. You can give any amount by texting 84321. Is that right? Did I get that one? 84321. There we go. Or you can use the giving box. You can drop cash or an envelope back there. Some of the things that Pastor Sean was talking about just really hit me because, you know, in my life there's been times where I thought... It's about what I have, not who I am. And if I, you know, if I had Bill Gates money or if I had a Rockefeller money, then I could make a difference. But then I see the reality of what I get to do and what I've seen you guys do. And just a little bit that we get to get to give to God and be generous with makes all the difference. And God takes those little things. One of my favorite stories is, uh, is, a, is a lady called it in the Bible. She's a widow. And Jesus just calls her out for her generosity and her faithfulness. And that's what we get to do. And when you do that, God makes differences in ways that we can never imagine. So I want you guys to check out this video and see how your generosity made a difference this week. Your generosity is making a difference. I'm here in the rain at Heart and Hand Ministries right here in Belton, Missouri. And at Real Life, we love to partner with this group because they make such a huge difference in our community. So let's go see what's going on. emptying out this room, laying down carpet tiles and rubber bases today for the GED room. Heart and Hand is more than just about helping those with food insecurities. Heart and Hand has so many things they do to help people in our community. And one of them is to help people get back on their feet by getting their GED. And who knows more than anyone during this COVID season, if you don't have at least a GED, it could be really hard to find work. So we are just so blessed here at Real Life to help play a part of Heart and Hand's story. guys for everybody who came out and did that and I'm telling you and I, I told you earlier this is a church that is just generous it is all about giving back um, and, and helping other people so I just want to encourage you come to that crash course because really that is all for you we do that for you and I really want you to be there to enjoy that so remember say it with me whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and perfect you're getting better all right hey have a great day we love you guys see you later to the rhythm if you get your own thing don't be afraid of what everybody's thinking